cypress trees growing in sewage-polluted water, and toads amongst the trash. This is the norm along Waller Creek, which winds through UT campus and downtown Austin on its course to Ladybird Lake. I'm audio reporter Anna K. Reeves, and this is the Waller Creek series, a special report from the Daily Texan Audio. In three episodes, this series investigates the past and future of Waller Creek and how communities in Austin interact with water resources. If you haven't listened to episode one, The Riot, check it out for historical and cultural context about Waller Creek. This is episode two of the Waller Creek series, The Water's Not Fine. Though shallow and often dry, Waller Creek was a popular swimming hole in the 1920s. When the creek has water in the present day, its quality is so poor that swimming in it risks exposure to chemicals and even fecal matter. Dr. Cheryl Luzadder Beach is a professor of geography and the environment and director of the Environmental Hydrology and Water Quality Lab at UT Austin. Water quality analysis of the creek by Beach and her students shows pollution is a major problem in Waller Creek. One of the more um, troubling areas, though, is something called E. coli, which is a bacteria, and um, that one is chronically high. And so that E. coli, that bacteria, comes from urban runoff. Largely, um, it can be related to uh, fecal coliform, so um, dog waste, pet waste, uh, animal waste, bird droppings, um, unregulated sewage that may spill. So um, that's the real concerning part is the um, the the biological in terms of the bacterial load that Waller Creek has. Creek contamination happens in often indirect ways, like when rain washes fertilizer and other potentially harmful chemicals into water sources. When water washes over impervious surfaces, surfaces like concrete and asphalt that don't allow water to soak into the ground and makes its way into drainage infrastructure like Waller Creek, the pollutants on the sidewalk and street get swept up and washed into the creek too. Uh, according to this report I have from, from my students, about 49 plus percent of Austin has impervious surface, which is like concrete, asphalt. So there's all kinds of chemical that washes off of roadways. And we've got, say, 24 percent of the city of Austin is roadway alone. According to Dr. Beach, since Waller Creek is not a designated drinking water source, a certain amount of these contaminants is permissible. But these differing standards for recreation water versus drinking water miss something fundamental about water. It flows. Waller Creek delivers all of that pollution directly into the Colorado River. And the Colorado River is designated as a drinking water body. There needs to be some connection uh, between these different entities and, and um, you know, add that, those links and that stewardship to when one body of water adds to another body of water, there needs to be some, some treatment or filtration or some thought um, to, to help those connections be smoother and cleaner. Water treatment gets rid of the most harmful contaminants by the time water reaches our taps, but modern water infrastructure is far from foolproof and under more pressure than ever from extreme weather events related to the climate crisis. A massive winter storm in February of 2021 called Snowpocalypse 
Snowvid, and The Great Freeze, among other names, revealed serious vulnerabilities in Austin's water, sanitation, and distribution systems. You know, our community, Austin, and, and surrounding, um, you know, surrounding counties went through during the, uh, the Great Freeze in uh, February of 2021. And then our, um, you know, they had our collapse of our electrical system. And with that, we had a collapse of our water distribution system. And just, you know, within a matter of a few hours, we were all without clean water. And we're talking about in the metropolitan area, you know, a couple million people. Along with the powerful storms putting urban water treatment and distribution to the test, flash flooding is a greater danger than ever before. As Earth's atmosphere has warmed up, the amount of water the atmosphere can hold has increased, causing massive downpours that can overwhelm drainage infrastructure. Matthew Pricer is a dual public affairs and environmental and water resources engineering graduate student at UT Austin and a student of Dr. Beach's. According to Pricer, the magnitude of these flash flood events completely overwhelms current drainage infrastructure. On the Memorial Day flood, so the Memorial Day flood in 2015 in Austin is usually cited as the worst flood in recent Austin history. And it was uh, five and a half inches of rain in less than five hours. And it was the month of May. So that's usually the wettest month in Austin. But in most years, we only get five inches of rain for the entire month. So we got a month worth of rain in less than five hours. And so that water's gonna just pond up everywhere. There's no way to design our infrastructure to be able to accommodate uh, that intensity of storm. And climate change is, going, is just going to keep creating these very intense storms. In their 2021 infrastructure report card, the American Society of Civil Engineers gave Texas a C for overall infrastructure condition and a C minus in flood mitigation. Flooding is a risk along Waller Creek, but Price's research shows that East Austin is at a greater risk. Uh, so we looked at the intersection of uh, somebody's vulnerability uh, based on their economic status, their social status, to their exposure to flooding to estimate a hazard-specific risk value. Uh, we did that at the residential parcel level along Waller Creek. So along Waller Creek, can you talk about the vulnerability in that area and then you know, in relation to the rest of Austin. Yeah, and so uh, for anyone that's been in Austin a long time, they kind of realize that there is a divide between East and West Austin uh, of social vulnerability with the East Austin uh, being historically more vulnerable. Uh, gentrification occurs in East Austin. Uh, the redlining districts are in East Austin. Um, and so historically, and still to this day, East Austin has a higher vulnerability than West Austin. The East-West divide reflected in Pricer's research echoes criticism of recent efforts by the Waterloo Greenway Conservancy, which is focused exclusively on restoration of downtown portions of Waller Creek. This is largely because funding for creek restoration was generated by the high property taxes on downtown Austin real estate. Uh, West Austin had, usually has a lot more wealth and more businesses comparative to East Austin. And so Waller Creek being in West Austin uh, has a lower vulnerability when looking at Austin as a whole. Uh, and part of our research kind of identifies that, that there's a clear split between East and West to this day uh, based on census data. Um, but when we go down to the residential level and look at it from a flooding perspective, it's important that it's still relative and that any home that lives close to a creek is potentially going to flood. 
Mandy Alvarez, a UT alumna who holds a bachelor's in landscape ecology and a master's in landscape architecture, also researched Waller Creek with Dr. Beach. In her work as a landscape architect, Alvarez has become familiar with the challenges of managing urban creeks. There's a lot of portions of Waller Creek that nobody ever sees. There are whole portions of the creek that are behind properties. So it flows through a neighborhood where people don't know it's there until it's flooding. The limited visibility of sections of Waller Creek makes it difficult to build momentum around cleanup and regulation. In 2016, it was revealed that engineering buildings on UT campus had been dumping raw sewage into the creek for two years. As recently as 2018, faulty sewage lines in North Austin were also known to be leaking sewage into the creek. The infrastructure in Austin around Waller Creek, which is some of the oldest, is not in fantastic shape. So, I mean, some of these are, are big breaks that just, it's untreated wastewater that ends up in the creek. So, um, yeah, it's, it's not a clean creek. It's just not. And it's hard because people, again, don't see it. In terms of UT's relationship with Waller Creek's water quality, the Office of Environmental Health and Safety said of the university's drainage, no campus buildings are permitted to release gray water into Waller Creek or any other watershed. There are some outfalls that drain other types of water into the creek allowed by UT's stormwater permit. Some examples include groundwater, air conditioning condensate, and dechlorinated swimming pool discharges. The stormwater management program contains specific measurable goals toward improving stormwater quality and managing stormwater quantity. Austinites have become more conscious of the downtown portions of the creek through Waterloo Greenway Conservancy's restoration efforts, but Alvarez says northern portions of the creek rarely get attention until tragedy strikes. The university cleaned up their portion of the creek not because they care about the creek, it's because somebody died. Um, we had a murder along Waller Creek, so there was a campaign to clear brush for visibility not for the health of the creek. No, there are people who wanted the creek cleaned up for health, but it took the death of a student to get them to clear the creek. And that is the, that is the basis for a lot of projects. It takes an extreme action for people to be motivated to actually do something about it. Alvarez is referring to the 2016 death of 18-year-old UT freshman Haruka Weiser, who was murdered on campus as she walked to her dorm after an evening dance rehearsal. The man responsible for her death, who has since been convicted of capital murder, hid Weiser's body in a crevice and covered her with brush. Recommendations to clear brush for improved visibility along the creek followed Weiser's murder. So the health of the creek doesn't really register for most of the people who have the power to actually do something about it. They cleaned up the brush. The water quality has not changed. In a statement to the Daily Texan, Veronica Trevino, media manager for UT's Office of Financial and Administrative Services, noted that UT worked with the Texas Department of Public Safety to conduct a security review and implement security recommendations following Weiser's murder in 2016. Trevino's statement continued, The university used funding provided by the Texas legislature and existing university allocations to increase infrastructure security including implementing safety measures to ensure a safer campus at night 
and measures to ensure clear and safe pathways for the campus community. These measures included implementing ongoing work to reduce vegetation near walkways on campus for better visibility. This includes Waller Creek and adjacent spaces to include protection of natural resources, space use, and reduce vegetation for safety purposes. Measures also included increased lighting and gating and fencing in Waller Creek areas. Security footage shows Weiser's murderer watching her walk into the dim, brushy area by the creek alone. The Austin American Statesman reported that after her death, Weiser's father became an advocate for buddy walk systems on campus like UT's Sherwalk program, which matches students to a walking partner or group to avoid the vulnerability of being alone. While maintenance of vegetation along Waller Creek is ongoing, so is the persistent problem of fecal coliform in the creek. Part of what makes the solution to runoff and the toxins in it so difficult is that the problem has many sources. People look at it and, and they only want to consider the one piece. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to um, explain to people that um, it's, it's more important to, to address these things as close to the source as possible. So if you tell people we need to clean up Ladybird Lake, well, you need to clean up your use of the creek in your backyard. Toxic algal blooms, which have killed several dogs in Ladybird Lake, are fueled by pollution and runoff and weather patterns like increased rainfall. In late September, the city of Austin deemed all of Barton Creek and specifically Sculpture Falls unsafe for human or animal recreation after one person fell ill after swimming in the creek. The city is testing algal control methods, including spraying a clay-like substance over the water to suffocate the algae. The city's Watershed Protection Department also partners with social service organizations like The Other Ones, an Austin-based aid group, to provide low-barrier employment opportunities in waterway maintenance for people experiencing homelessness. Max Moscow, Community Engagement Coordinator for The Other Ones, said of the partnership, So we've already cleared out over 900,000 pounds of trash from green spaces in Austin um, in the time that we've been running this since uh, 2018 and we've paid out over $800,000 in earned income to program participants. Tune in to the next episode of the Waller Creek series, Wetter Days, to hear more about efforts to improve the creek and strengthen the communities that interact with it. Music by Janis Joplin and the Waller Creek Boys. Music by Blue Dot Sessions. Our editor is Addie Costello. We had help this episode from Mariana Chavez-Mir. For the Daily Texan Audio, I'm Anna K. Reeves. Yeah.